It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Locked On Jazz for the 7th of February, the day before trade deadline. And we'll do a trade deadline special. We'll look at those guys on our roster that might be of interest to others and what is out there that we might be interested in. We look at it from top to bottom today on a trade deadline special, plus playoff odds and an NBA 5 to wrap it up on today's edition of Locked on Jazz. How are you? Today's Draft Wednesday on Locked On Jazz. This is Locked On Jazz. I'm David Locke, the host of Locked On Jazz, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA Insider, and this is your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, giving you insight, expertise, and analysis that you can't get anywhere else. So there's a web version of this show. It's called LockedOnJazz.net. It's where you can get Empty the Noggin and other pieces as they're written. And you can follow me on various social networks. Instagram is DLock09. Snapchat is DLock9. Twitter is at LockedOnSports. So is Facebook, Locked On Sports. Thank you very much for doing all of those. And as I said, today is Draft Wednesday. We do it across the Locked On Podcast Network. It's super fun. It's a daily fantasy app or game. You can do it at draft.com as well. And you just download the app Draft. Promo code LOJAZZ gets you, I think, a $3 game after your first deposit. Get your buddies together and play together. I was actually talking to... um, Oh, I think I was talking to Keenan over at Grip6 uh, the other day and sharing with him. My buddy and I are doing golf every week. So we set up a golf ma- game. Uh, he took Hideki Matsui, who pulled out in the first round. That was awesome for me. So I won last week. Um, and John Rahm had a big birdie late for me. And so I pulled it off. So we play the golf fantasy. They've all got hockey, basketball. Um, they've got various. You can play with three or four buddies. We play head-on-head, so all sorts of really fun uh, aspects. And the best part about it is the draft, the fact that draft, you get to have a draft each and every time. Uh, For example, I hate to admit it, but I passed on Tony Finau. He took Tony Finau and then was all over me, and then I ended up walking with Tony Finau at the tournament, talking to his dad much of the time, thinking the whole time, like, I didn't take your son in draft last week. Uh, I didn't tell him. Well, I guess I did now. And Major League Baseball is coming, too. So make sure you jump aboard. It's really, really fun. It's draft. Download it. Get three or four buddies at the office. Play together. Use the promo code LOJAZZ and enjoy it. All right, let's get to today's show. Let's just quickly kind of run through who our roster is, what might happen, uh, and, and you know, who out, who's out there on our from our end. I think most people know it, but if you're just p- possibly catching in, trade deadline, 1 o'clock on Thursday. I'll do some sort of live programming, uh, whether it's Facebook or YouTube. Um, I'm not sure or how I'll live stream it to you. Uh, but will there be some sort of live uh, program? My dad does arrive at the airport right about the same time, so I'm kind of trying to figure that out. Uh, but anyway, so let's start it off. Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert are not probably, unless it's Kevin Durant or, you know, everyone's available. Like, don't ever kid yourself. Uh, but they're, they're, those are probably Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, Anthony Davis, uh, after the other day, I'm not sure why, uh, type deals. So that seems pretty unlikely. Now, 
from there, kind of anything's likely. Uh, and if I just run by, I'm going to run down by our points per game scoring uh, and just kind of walk through what the situation is with each person and what the decision the Jazz have to make. So there's Rodney at 17 points a game, uh, having a, one of the elite off-the-bounce three-point shooters, 40% three-point shooter. End of the year, he is a restricted free agent, which means he will have to go out, get an offer sheet, and uh, then the Jazz could match it. So the Jazz have the, pretty much have the ability to hold Rodney for as long as they want. If Rodney wants to be here, uh, it actually is irrelevant because we can match him, but there is a level where you probably would like to have a happy Rodney. The j- decision the Jazz have to make really at this point is what have they learned about Rodney this year in the 38 games that he's played of the 53? Uh, where does he fit into the mix? What is his long-term complement to Donovan? Uh, and you know how does he... Uh, who is he? From my standpoint, what's interesting about him is the, the, the 2.3 free throw attempts a game make it very, very difficult for him to be efficient night in and night out. And that's as, But he is one of the top off-the-bounce three-point shooters. Uh, he's a 40% three-point shooter. Uh, he is, as I have said before, I think the Jazz would love to trade Rodney Hood for Rodney Hood. In other words, if you could get Rodney Hood, who plays for the Orlando Magic or the New Orleans Pelicans, or the Tennessee Titans, and have him come to Utah and say, hey, I got this young stud you get to play next to, and a big man in the middle to protect you. It's a great situation. I think he'd love it. The effect that having that he thought he might be the go-to guy, and he lost that spot, and the Donovan either took his starting job or you know whatever, all of those little sideshow elements preclude this right now from being a perfect environment. Rodney adds to a playoff team could be a great, great addition. And if the team's really good and he's an off-the-bench scorer, he's great. Okay, Derek Favors, free agent at the end of the year. What you first thing you have to... So so let me back up one step on Rodney. What you got to evaluate is what's the marketplace going to be also for Rodney. It, do you think that someone's going to give Rodney a number that you're uncomfortable with. Okay, so let's say we're willing to give Rodney 12, but we know he's going to get offered 18, then we probably should move him. Because if we know we're not going to match the big number or we don't want to be in a situation where we have to, if we keep, if you don't trade Rodney, you almost have to match no matter what he gets, which then gets you tied into this contract and then you're always in the situation of whether you're trying to move him or not. So there's some unhealthy elements to that. Uh, the healthy element is you get to keep Rodney Hood. Derek Favors. Had a great conversation with Derek the other day. He's just in a good place right now. Um, just kind of has cleared his head. Talked about talked about how hard it is to kind of deal with all the noise that's around. The dude's a great player. I mean, that player that play he made on the baseline the other day was when he caught that pass from Rubio and finished reverse side. I mean, there's not a lot of guys that can do that. Uh, he's got great hands. If you throw it anywhere near him, he's going to catch it. That's a guarantee. He's a good defensive player. Uh, he's not a great rim protector, but there aren't many in the league. He moves his feet well in the pick and roll. He's really talented. And now here's the debate on him. One, is he at all interested in staying? Now, if, because we have Gobert as the center, there's a limit to what we're willing to pay Derek Favors. That just mathematically, like, 
Now, you might be willing to pay Derek Favors as your starting power forward, but it's probably not a max deal because you've already paid Rudy a max deal. And, but you're, you're probably, you might be considering, you know, if, if you got to figure out whether that combination works. And it certainly has worked recently. It didn't work earlier this year when Rubio wasn't good. And maybe it all just stems back to whether Rubio's playing well. The, the item at hand with Derek is do you believe that Dallas, Brooklyn, or Atlanta is going to pay him? Do they see a 27-year-old Derek Favors and want to give him a big, huge money deal, and then he's out the door? Then you've lost him. Second question with Derek that's really complicated you have to evaluate. If the market goes south on Derek and there's not a, and, and he's not going to get paid big money, so let's say he's a 336 again or something like that. The market just dries up on these guys. Would he be willing to take that back in Utah? Or has it just been, you know what, my role diminished here. I know what my role is here. I want to go somewhere where I have a bigger role. I want to be a starting center. And you know what, no offense, but kind of no matter what you offer me, I'm moving on. That's the complicated question with Derek. Because with Derek, if if the market drops, there certainly is a role for him on this roster. And there is a feeling that, you know, that cop, that Derek, you're getting 36 minutes a night out or 34 minutes a night out of Rudy Center. 14 is Derek, and another 14 is Derek with Rudy. You're, that's a pretty good 28 minutes a night out of Derek. 30 minutes a night, whatever, however you want to do it. Is he interested? You've got to know whether he's interested in that. If not, you probably move him. Ricky Rubio's got a year left in his contract. He's playing brilliantly right now. Is there a market for him? If you move him, what are you trying to get? Uh, is there any element that this guy's had five coaches in five seasons and he's for the first time ever playing with new teammates and this is a complicated system and he needed time? And that maybe he's clicking in and actually is a really good answer to who you are and what you want to be as a team? I mean, that's the path of Ricky Rubio is interesting because of the fact that he's had five coaches in five seasons, switch teams for the first time, learning how to play with new players. Is there something? Is he ever going to be a great shooter? No. Could he improve a little? Yes, but from a pretty low base. Let's make be honest about that. But if he can go make two layups a night, it opens up so many other things. He plays so hard and he plays with such passion. And he plays with such commitment. It's pretty awesome. Joe Ingles, to me, kind of feels like the core and heart of this team. He's on probably a bigger deal than a lot of his value to us is really high. Alec has got another year left on his deal. I don't know how Alec's viewed right now. Is that a someone feels like they have to take on Alec's salary? Or has Alec been good enough this year that they feel like they could get some value for him? Like, if I have a playoff team and I have Alec Burks coming off my bench, maybe. Maybe I feel as though he can really give me something. And so taking two years of that contract is not the end of the world to me. On the other end, it might be viewed as someone who the Jazz have to give up a little bit uh, to get you to take that contract. I I don't know his place in the market. He certainly had a good year. Tabo would have had huge value on the market, but he's got value to the Jazz now because he's out for the year. Joe Johnson's situation is interesting. Joe Johnson, there's about three folds to it. So right now, Joe Johnson's most important piece is a salary dollar figure. 
for the Jazz if they want to compile it with other deals. If Joe, we go by the trade, but what you don't really want to do is trade Joe Johnson singularly for contract back. Like you just, that money's coming off. There's other things to do with that money. So what happens with Joe Johnson who's playing really well recently is that in all likelihood at the end of the trade deadline, if Joe's not moved in a compilation of another deal, then the decision has to be made. Does Joe want to be on the Jazz running for the eighth playoff spot? Or does Joe have, his agent will go do this work, does Joe have another place where he's willing to pay him for the rest of the year and let him go for a better playoff position? Uh, he's earned that right as a seven-time All-Star, being around the league, being what, being a pro for this team for the last year. Uh, what he's done for the Jazz, if, if he has another place to go, I'm sure the Jazz uh, will kind of give him that freedom, buy him out, whatever, and allow him to go find Cleveland, Boston, you know, uh, wherever it is that he thinks that is a good spot for him uh, to be able to go be that um, be that player. But in the, right now, the value is if you're going to compile a bunch of deals. Jonas Terebko, it's interesting to me. I, I think Jonas is, is really valuable in that there just aren't a lot of really good stretch fours in this league. We've talked about it. He's shooting 43% from three. He He plays 16 minutes. He plays so hard that he doesn't play stretched out minutes, and he's got great... He's got great value. Um, Toss, I, I'd be surprised if if he's included in anything with a good contract. It just seems like he fits very well. We're doing Neto, uh, Royce O'Neal, Epe Udo are the last ones. Udo's interesting because he's the perfect backup full time to Rudy Gobert, particularly if Dennis might go or if Derek might go, uh, and and has had just a great year. So I would say that that's. Kind of where he said. So that's the rundown of our guys, what the decisions are the organization has to make. We'll walk through next uh, what teams might be available, who you might be able uh, to get. Today's show is brought to you by the store over at 6200 South and 20th East. June pie. That's right. Coming Friday, the bakery department has got homemade June pies. These are legendary. June pies are legendary up in Summit County. Uh, and they are the homemade are coming to the store. This is the essence of the store. This is cake to floor. This is the great chips. Uh, so if you haven't heard about June pies, June pies are out of Heber City. They have a little storefront. My wife drives down to Heber City all the time to go get June pies, and the and also actually to get. Uh, I believe that she also gets their uh, her chicken pot pies, and like they're open for like at th- from three thirty to four thirty, where you can just come pick up orders. It's kind of this unbelievable, awesome thing. Well, the store just got June Pies. Uh, so if you don't have to go to Heber City anymore to go get June Pies for like the one hour they're open every day. June Pie is now coming to the store. This is the essence of what I've been telling you about what's so great about the store at 6200 South and 20th East is that Jeff and Scott go out and they find these great things, these local people that are doing amazing work, and then they bring, because they can customize their store and they're not a big, huge factory, they are able to bring them in. So you have the cake to floors, you have those great chips I talked about, you, and now you have uh, the homemade rolls are great, 
uh, now you have June Pie. So June Pie is coming to the store at 6200 South and 20th East. Uh, they will be homemade pies baked fresh every morning. Pretty exciting uh, things. Valentine's Day, the store has everything you need from chocolates to candies to gifts to everything else. And then, of course, there's the Ace Hardware uh, that's right next door, the Cottonwood Ace that's all part of it as well. That's at 6200 South and 20th East. It's the store. Trust me on the June Pies. Uh, you'll really love them. 6200 South. 2050 East is the exact uh, address in Holiday. Uh, cake to floors as well. And there's the mudslide cookies when you get it. Yeah, I just talked to you about all sugar. they got great meats in the back. they got marinated meats for you. They've got hot foods as well. they got a lot. But I just talked about sugar this morning. That's all I talked about. Life is complicated, especially right now. You're spending more time inside, unable to go to restaurants, and that means you're cooking dinner. But if you're like me, I hate cooking. Multiple trips to the grocery store, hours of monotonous meal prep just so you can scarf down your food in minutes. So when it's dinner time, I grab my phone, open up an app, and order something. But after convenience fees, delivery fees, and who knows whatever other fees, it ends up being close to $100 for two people. But then I met Freshly. Just put up your feet and relax while Freshly chefs and nutritionists do all the hard work. All you do is heat for three minutes and dinner's done. Imagine a better for you golden oven fried chicken, steak peppercorn with sauteed carrots and French green beans, and my personal favorite, buffalo chicken with loaded mashed cauliflower. It's got fewer carbs. That's just a few of the 30-plus health-conscious options to choose from. Freshly understands that food needs to be delicious, healthy, and simple, because let's be honest here, if it's not easy, I'm not going to do it, and if it doesn't taste good, I don't want to eat it. Freshly is offering our listeners $40 off, $40 off for their first two orders at Freshly.com slash LockedOnNBA. That's Freshly.com slash LockedOnNBA. All right, let's go to the trade possibilities. Who are we going to trade for? That I don't really know. But let's walk through it. Like, these aren't that complicated. Let's just walk through it. And let's look at the standings. All right, so here's the big one that's out there. How desperate is Cleveland? They're a disaster. They're four games out of being out of the playoffs right now. According to the ESPN trade machine, you can throw out a deal that's Rodney Hood, Derek Favors, Joe Johnson for Kevin Love. I actually think that this deal works for both sides. Uh, It prevents us from making the playoffs, probably, uh, because of the fact that you um, don't have any players for the rest of this. You know, you don't have a power forward, but you never know. Uh, I, I think Kevin Love, Donovan Mitchell, and Rudy Gobert are your future. Kevin Love's got $22 million on for the, each of the next two years. From a Cleveland standpoint, they need players. You get three high-level players with Favors, Hood, and they can decide what they want to do with Joe Johnson. Both, all of which are free agents, so if LeBron leaves, you suddenly have incredible flexibility of $22 million off your cap. And frankly, if you want to turn around and roll out a roster of Isaiah Thomas, Rodney Hood, Derek Favors, you're probably pretty good. So... To me, actually, it makes total sense. The The question to me is if Cleveland says we want your first-round pick, would you still do it? That one gets to be a little pushy. Maybe you're swapping first-round picks. I don't know if Cleveland still has theirs. I would doubt they do because I think they traded it in the Kyle Corver or one of the other deals. But, uh, and, and frankly, 
I'm a little bit of just, you know, if you have a chance to go get Kevin Love, you go get him. So I would probably say yes, but it's not my franchise to deal with. Uh, but I think that that's, that's an interesting one. That's the, that's the big name to me that's out there. I just don't know what Cleveland's trying to do. I don't think Cleveland knows what they're trying to do. And frankly, here's what else I think. I think for Dennis Lindsay, trying to deal with Cleveland's probably very difficult. When you're dealing with Kobe Altman, are, is he really pulling the trigger? Or is the athletic story that Dan Gilbert's running the show really the truth? And so how do you figure out who you're dealing with? And as you get down to the deadline and other deals might go away from you that you might have and you can't get Cleveland to commit, how do you deal with them? I'd find Cle- I'd be very scared as a general manager that if I'm dealing with Cleveland and relying on Cleveland, I'm end up holding the bag at the end of the day. So I think that's I think there's something there that you have to be really careful of. Uh, let's look at Boston. So when you look at these, let, let, let me back up. When you when we evaluate the teams are contending, what what we're looking for is either a draft pick. A marquee player like Kevin Love, we just talked, or a young player that you, you kind of think, you know, I like this guy. I think we we can do something with this player. Like we might be able to maximize this player a little bit more than other people, and uh, and so those are the three scenarios. The only scenario I come up with where you're really coming up with a big, huge marquee name player is Kevin Love. That that last one's the only one on the draft pick front. I think there's limited opportunities to go get a draft pick. I, I just don't feel like teams are giving up, going to give up picks. Boston's one that has so many picks, I do think you could probably move somebody to Boston for a pick. Maybe. Would they rather have Tyreek Evans? Are they going to use a pick there, or can they do that for a second? Then they're going to hold that pick. So Boston's one where I don't think there's a young player that I, that you're necessarily looking for, but I do I do think that they're or at least, a, I mean, at least to me, that there's not a young player who, um, like, I don't want Marcus Smart. He's a free agent at the end of the year. They're not trading Terry Rozier. I'm not particularly, you know, semi Ojale, Ubelisi. These guys don't move my personal meter. Maybe, maybe they do for, for, they're not trading Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum, right? So there's not a there's not a match there. There's not a and there's there's not a match there for me. So that one, I think, if you're dealing with Boston, you better walk out with a first-round pick. And they've, they've stockpiled picks. Toronto's really interesting. Toronto's got a legitimate chance to win the East. They blew out Toronto, Boston last night. Cleveland's a mess. Toronto is the favorite to win the East right now. Derek Favors, Rodney Hood could really help them. They have a 25-year-old DeLon Wright. They have a 20-year-old OG Ananobi. They have a 23-year-old Pascal Siakam. They have a 23-year-old Fred Van Vliet. They have a 22-year-old Jakob Pertl. And Norman Powell cannot be traded. Because when he signed his extension. Who of of those are you interested in? They have a 25-year-old Valanciunas doesn't match this. Okay, so OG Ananobi I love. I would take him in a second. They're not moving him. Okay, it's just not happening. Like he's their Donovan Mitchell. He's not that good, but he they think he is. Pascal Siakam's interesting to me. Can't shoot the three, so he's not a stretch at all. Love the athleticism. Love the fact he can put the ball on the floor again. Little worried about his fifty eight percent free throw shooting because it makes me wonder whether he can really shoot free throws. Delon Wright's really interesting to me. Delon Wright's twenty five years old. He's established. He's played very little. He's played two times as many minutes this year as he did the first year combined. 
He's a 37% three-point shooter off both the bounce and off the catch and shoot, which is pretty interesting. He goes to the line a lot. I love players that go to the free throw line. He goes to the line a lot. He's a pretty unique player. Gets a steal a game, three assists, three rebounds. (coughs) They're playing him off the balls a two. Interesting to me. I, I mean, I think both our pieces to them would be game changers for them. If I'm if I'm Toronto, I I think the Val, uh, Rodney Hood, Derek Favors can really change who they are. Their backup center, you know, is Jakob Pertl is nice. I'm not sure he's playoff ready. I like Jakob Pertl an awful lot. Is he playoff ready? I like Delon Wright a lot. Is he playoff ready? I like Fred VanVleet a lot. Is he playoff ready? Rodney Hood and Derek Favors are more playoff ready than those guys. I'm not sure that I'm interested in Van Vliet. Uh, I think I'd be inter- Let me rephrase that. I'd be more interested in DeLon Wright. Um, I like Van Vliet. And I'm interested in Jakob Pertl, but I'm not sure that uh, a backup, he wants to be a backup center to Rudy Gobert uh, when his next contract comes up. Norman Powell would be someone I would consider, except for the fact that Norman Powell um, is, a, uh, is not available just because of contractually. So, I mean, I think that's an interesting group of players right there. Who, and I think that's a good match. Like they, they need him. Cleveland, we discussed. Washington does not have a young player that I think they'd be willing to move that moves my meter. Uh, Kelly Oubre is their young player. He's too important to them. And Chris McCullough hasn't really established anything unless we're just really high on him. They're looking to move Gortat. I don't think that's of interest. I don't see, like, if I see uh, Dennis Lindsay on the phone with them, I'm not sure what I see. The the wild card there would be another big name, would be if the Jazz were supposedly interested in Otto Porter a year ago. Is Washington feeling the after effects of maxing him out? Do we still believe he's a max contract player? And is there some bigger deal you can get done with Otto Porter? That they would be interested. He would. He, that would be one of the big, the big names out there. Uh, Milwaukee is rolling under Joe Prunty seven and one. Again, I don't really see that match. I know everybody likes to talk about Jabari. Uh, he's played three. He's played three games. I don't think they're turning that one over. Nor do I think we know enough. Um, unless they're dumping a salary, and they suddenly want. You know, I don't know if you can do this, but you do favor. Can you do favors and Hood to give him a playoff push, and they're suddenly dropping someone like Chris Milton? And Chris Milton's averaging twenty points a game, so I don't think now is the time they're going to do that. And they look good right now. They look like they could make a run for the top th- three seed. Indi- Indiana, again, similar situation. I just don't see a young piece um, that would move our meter. And, and I don't see them as a point in which they're about to make a move for a player like that. Miami, I think, is the wild card in all this. And I don't have any idea what they're doing, and I can't put together a deal for you. But they signed all of these guys to these like mid-range, long contracts. I can't imagine that they're not moving them. And frankly, some of the contracts are bad. Like Tyler Johnson's a really, really nice player. I really like Tyler Johnson an awful lot, but I don't know if I love his contract. Right, that's a that's a questionable contract for them. 
Justice Winslow is still just hovering around 41% shooting. Is that is that the second-team rookie you can go find? I don't know if you know the phenomenon. The phenomenon is called the... The second, the rookies who uh, don't really thrive on their first team, but they get better on their second team. Josh Richardson's averaging 13 a game. They love him. They signed him. I don't. I think they feel like he's a value. Dion Waiters is injured. Uh, if that's a player you like for the future, it's not on my. That's not on my list. Um, Hassan Whiteside doesn't match to us. Kelly Olynyk is always a player we've liked. They signed him in the offseason. He's 26 years old. A lot of people think he's a five, not a four, but he's a pretty interesting player. Would they, you know, are, are, I think the question, I just can't figure out what they're trying to do, frankly. I mean, I just listed every guy on their team. It's not like I have any idea what I'm talking about here. I just don't have any feeling on what they're trying to do with their roster. I mean, you, I look at Miami and, they have the fourth highest payroll at 129 million, partially because of Bosch. They got Whiteside on the books for two more years for 27. Drogic is on the f- books for 18 and 19, um, and it, that 19 is a player option. James Johnson's on the book for 14 and 15. Dion Waiters is 12 and 13. Alinek is at 11 and 12. I mean, they just have all these mid-level countries. Tyler Johnson jumps to 19 million next year. With a player option for the next one, so he's two years, nineteen million. Justice Winslow is still on his rookie deal. Josh Richardson, as I mentioned, he's at ten million. I don't think they're trading him. I think that he's the one. I think they're getting more value than. But do you have any interest in Whiteside? Whiteside, not for us. Drogic, for a year. I mean, I guess Drogic Rubio swap, and they save some money. But I don't know why they what that value is. James Johnson for three years. Deion Waiters for two, and he's out for this year. Kelly Olenek for two plus a player option. Olenek's interesting. Tyler Johnson, I, I just said earlier, he's really one of my favorite players in the league. Um, kind of undersung, unsung players in the league. His free throw rate's high. His three-point shooting rate is high. He kind of hits all my analytical numbers. Um, but $19 million a year. Now, he has an early out, but I can't imagine him exercising that. So Miami's really fascinating to me. Again, notice that almost in none of these circumstances are we talking about a team we think is going to give you a first-round pick. Detroit's kind of done their deal. Philadelphia's there. And then I, and then nobody else is. I don't think Charlotte's really in this. Quickly over on the West, and you probably know that the Warriors, I just I don't see it. Uh, though the only thing on the Warriors is that Nick Young... And Patrick McCaw, nobody's really clicked in there, so maybe they're willing to move their first-round pick, which is the 30th pick for someone, if that's really you just want to pick for pick's sake. Houston, I don't see them making many moves, though Daryl Morey can't handle sitting still, but they've won five straight their game out there, the one team not having problems. I could see San Antonio making some sort of move, but I don't see anyone on that roster that I'm not interested in. I mean, they have interesting players. It's hard sometimes to figure out whether Davis Bertans is any good anywhere else, whether, um, I mean, Dwayne Dedman turned out to be good in Atlanta after being good there last year. Is Kyle Anderson good anywhere else? He, he's an interesting player in the sense I'm not sure. We still don't know what position he plays, but he um, successfully shoots like 55%. Minnesota's interesting. I I don't know their, their draft pick situation, but I could, they have no good depth. I think they need to add a Rodney Hood, Lou Williams type. 
And are they willing to give up their pick for it? Um, that's a team I could see moving a pick. I'd have to check and see what their pick status is. But that's a team that makes some sense to me to do that. Uh, the Thunder are another one that fit right into that category. Don't have a young player that I'd be interested in. Uh, but I do think that they could move a pick. So that's the rundown. Denver, Portland, New Orleans were competing with. So it seems unlikely in the Clippers. Um, so that's the mo- that's the model. Is there a major piece out there? Uh, I guess the only thing, you know, Brooklyn, Chicago, Orlando, Atlanta. Is Orlando willing to move Evan Fournier just to clear some money off their books? Do, they, do any of them have a contract they're trying to get rid of of a really good player? Dallas, Sacramento, Phoenix, Memphis. I don't really see that. Um on any of those, the Lakers announced their pivot. If you took Luel Dang, what could you get? Could you get Brandon Ingram? You know, is there a circumstance where you go take a bad contract, like some of those contracts we've mentioned, and it gets you another piece? We didn't really run down. Those are the four scenarios. You take a bad contract and you get another piece, so you take Luel Dang and do they give you Brandon Ingram? Then you're talking. You do that deal. You know what other we talked? What other bad contracts have we? Whatever other bad contracts we've walked through here, can you get some other piece with it? Is there a major piece that changes our franchise's situation? So that would be, you know, if you really believe in Fournier, he's eighteen, nineteen million a year. So that's your team. It's your team's now Donovan Fournier and Gobert. You better be pretty certain on that. Kevin Love, we talked about someone who gives you a draft pick. I didn't come up with many people there. I came up with Boston. I came up with Minnesota. I came up with Oklahoma City. And is there somebody who has a young player who you might like, that you like a little bit more in your system uh, than they have? And I guess the final piece of that would be a second contract player. So those are the trade situations. Uh, We'll quickly do playoff odds next when we come back. And when we say come back, I mean literally come back because I came back. See, I left, just went to coffee with Igor Kokoshkov, who I have coffee with every single day. And now I'm back. I've never done that before. Literally stopped taping the podcast midway through to go to coffee with Igor. Uh, today's show is brought to you by Murdoch Chevy. There's exciting things going on with the Murdochs this week uh, and this month as they're doing this really, really cool uh, event. Uh, same one over at Murdoch Chevy that's going on at Murdoch Hyundai. So if you're looking for the Chevy truck and Chevy's got the best lineup of trucks, I was driving the Silverado and it's just terrific. Uh, they are doing Dealer with a Heart this month. Uh, and so the Murdochs are wearing their heart on their sleeves. They're giving you $500 above Kelly Blue Book instant cash offer on your trade-ins. $100 donated to the Heart Center at the Primary Children's Hospital for every car purchased. And if you stop by Murdoch Chevy in Woods Cross or in Logan, they'll have a free gift for you. Here's some of the deals that are going on right now at Murdoch Chevy in Woods Cross. $10,000 off that 2018 1500 Silverado. That truck is incredible. I drove it back up to Targi in Wyoming and back. It was just the smoothest ride. I was telling you, these truck owners have faked us out because these are luxury. Those are luxury vehicles. There's not very few things I've ever driven that were as comfortable and as nice as that. The Murdoch Guarantee with everything, which is the five-day exchange policy, price match guarantee, safety inspections, and car washes for life. Find new roads at Murdoch Chevy in Logan. Say hi to Tyson when you stop by at Woods Cross. But not only are the trucks there, by the way, the 2018 Cruise and Malibu, 0% 0% for 72 months and $1,000 cash back. Chevy has been in the market for 90 years with the Murdochs, and they are there for you. Check it out. MurdochChev.com in Woods Cross as well as in Linden.
Hi, this is Nate Duncan from Locked On's Hollinger and Duncan podcast. Those of you who listen to our show know that I try to take a measured approach. I'm not prone to hyperbole. It really takes something special to get me excited. But with all that said, Theragun is simply one of the best products that I have ever used. I just turned 40. I've always loved to work out, to play basketball when it's safe. And as I got into my 30s, it just wasn't possible to do that anymore the way I wanted to because my body didn't feel right. And Theragun has helped me fix so many of the aches and pains. I tried everything, massages, chiropractors, this at-home device, handheld percussive therapy has worked better than any of those for me. And now the all-new Gen 4 Theragun has a proprietary brushless motor. It's so quiet. It's no louder than an electric toothbrush. And best of all, you can try Theragun risk-free for 30 days. There's no substitute for the Theragun Gen 4 with an OLED screen, personalized Theragun app, and the quiet and power you need starts at only $199. Go to theragun.com slash locked on, the name of this network right now, and get your Gen 4 Theragun today. That's theragun.com slash locked on, theragun.com slash locked on. All right, let's do playoff odds. So here are the ver- there's three different things to look at uh, of whether or not the what the playoff odds are. There's basketball reference. There's 538. And there's uh, ESPN's old Hollinger playoff odds. Those are the three different ones that I've looked at. Basketball Reference runs their projections 7,500 times the remainder of the season. The Jazz come at at 41.7 wins and New Orleans at 42.4. So pretty close. Uh, They have the Jazz going 17 and 12 for the remainder of the way and the Pelicans going 14 and 15. They also have... The, they have the Nuggets at 43 and the Blazers at 43 with each of those going, teams going 14 and 14 the rest of the way. So they have the Jazz out by a smidge, and then the question is whether the Pelicans just collapse or not. 538, which weighs, I think, point differential a little bit more than the other ones, has the Jazz in. Uh, 538, and the point Jazz point differential makes them... Uh, look a little bit better than some others. They have the Warriors 1 still, the Rockets 2, but close. Timberwolves 3, Spurs 4, Thunder 5. And they actually have the Jazz at 6 at 44 wins, Blazers at 44 wins, and Nuggets at 43. What's relevant there, though, is they've got 43 wins as the 8 seed, so they have it a little bit higher. ESPN playoff odds have the... uh, have the Jazz in as well at 42, tied with New Orleans. Denver at 43, Portland at 43. So it's really a fun five-team, and also reports out that the Clippers are looking at redoing the deal with Lou Williams, so the Clippers are probably making a push. So this is going to be a lot of fun. Portland, Denver, Utah, New Orleans, and L.A. for three spots. Five teams, three spots. Here we go, down the stretch, watching it every night. We'll be doing live look-ins uh, on each and every game and, and following what happens. And, and, you know, we need these teams to eventually start losing. They have been winning an awful lot. Tonight, if you're going to play Draft Wednesday, you're going to have a bunch of games to choose from. Uh, teams that we care about in this race are are off tonight. So everyone's getting um, a bunch of nights off. We The Portland-Denver uh, teams... Portland plays next, I think, at home against Charlotte, and then Charlotte comes to us on the back end of a back-to-back on Friday. 
so Denver's got the brutal schedule coming up. That's the other one to keep an eye on. The Pelicans are questioning just whether they're going to click in or not. Like that's the uh, and Denver's schedule is not totally brutal. It's not as bad as like the, what the Jazz had in, but they they missed their window to make. Hey, they've won three in a row though. They beat the Thunder, the Warriors, and the Hornets. Warriors they got on a scheduling, but their next games are at Houston, at Phoenix on a back-to-back, home against San Antonio, at Milwaukee, who's playing well before the break. So those are four interesting games at the break, basically all road games because that one game at home, they go back out. They come back out for home for Spurs, Rockets, Clippers, Grizzlies, at Cleveland, at Dallas, home against Cleveland, home against the Lakers and Kings, at the Lakers, so it gets soft again. And then they head into just a lot of road games in March. Uh, They're on the road from March 16th to March 20th. So we'll see whether fatigue kicks into them before they close it out. Uh, And they finish the season with Minnesota, Portland, Clippers, Minnesota as their final four games of the season. In fact, their final, their final, it'll be interesting, March, their final games of the season from March 23rd on are Washington, 76ers, Toronto, Thunder, Milwaukee, Indiana, Minnesota, Clippers, Portland, Minnesota. So Denver closes the year against all above 500 teams to close the year. The Pelicans are the one you just wonder. They need to just gain some confidence, and if they gain confidence with Anthony Davis, they probably can play about 500 ball the rest of the way and stay in this thing. They have lost four of five since Cousins went out. They play Indiana tonight. They then go to Philly, to Brooklyn on a back-to-back, to Detroit before coming home for the Lakers to wrap it up. I mean, that's it's interesting to see what they do tonight. I'm going to watch that one pretty closely. They lose tonight. They could turn around and lose to Philly. Then who knows about Brooklyn? I mean, that, that's they could be really a mess by the time they hit the All-Star break. They come out of the break with not the easiest schedule. Miami at home, at Milwaukee, Phoenix at home, easy. At San Antonio, at Dallas, at the Clippers, at Sacramento. Before they come home for Washington, us again. And then they play a brutal stretch, just a three-game win of the Spurs, Rockets, and Celtics. It's interesting to see. All right, that wraps us up today. Hope you enjoyed the show. We appreciate you tuning in. Trade deadline tomorrow. I'll do an early Locked on Jazz and then probably come back to you live in some capacity Uh trying to figure out what the best way and a lot of updates if there are updates and impact stories i'll have them at lockedonjazz.net have a good one rejecting the screen has been retweeted by kobe dame lillard and vince carter so it's fair to say you should give it a shot i'm noah kozlov and i'm adam stanko rejecting the screen hits your feed every tuesday and thursday on tuesday we talk hoops and a little bit of life on thursday we go iso with a guest Stories from anyone and everyone who has touched the NBA with tales we promise you've never heard before. Find Rejecting the Screen right now wherever you get podcasts and hit that subscribe button.